Some episodes might not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You guys and your antics. (laughs) (sighs) But did you buy? You asked to come with. the world takes the party to the literal edge of the world, where they must defeat the Archimandrite, safeguard the living star, and claim their wish. The party must first land on the promontory, the only solid piece of land on the edge of the world. Because the promontory extends from the material plane into the astral plane, it provides a final port of call from where the party can release the living star. Before they do so, however, they'll have to face down a direct confrontation with the Iron Chain Enclave itself. Following a catastrophic crash, the party must navigate their way through the Far Elf Enclave, locate the Archimandrite in the heart of his command, and defeat their implacable foe once and for all. By striving to reach extremes undreamed of by most people, the adventurers will prove themselves to be the stuff of legends. Moreover, they'll have helped the living star overcome countless threats and unleash its inner potential and act of true heroism. Hey, this is Kent, your dungeon master. Do you make stuff for 5e tabletop role-playing games? Maybe it's content like a new monster, an item, new spell even. Or possibly you make other stuff for 5e games. Miniatures, maps, whatever. Our podcast is opening up sponsorships for your business. And we want to help you advertise what you have and give it a first-hand experience by players for players. So contact us on our Facebook page at the LARP channel or email us directly dragonbornwarlock at gmail.com and let us help you. Swander. (laughs) Hey guys. This is Gunter. Gunter lands on the deck. Gunter. Everybody. Everybody. Gunter. You just hear a lockdown from it. Um, what? When did this become a thing? Um, I don't remember you summoning dragons. How long have we been fighting? Uh, basically, it was about a half a day ago. About, yeah, like an hour ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. I realized with the blessings of Bahamut upon me, I was able to summon this beautiful creature. Now, that, he definitely wanted to know that you are now a divine soul. Yeah, no, he knows nothing about your pact with uh, Bahamut. Oh, by the way, and I fill him in on the, all the cool stuff. Yeah, and I fill him in on what's been going on since the last time we saw him. So, yeah, the sun has set. And then we got into this fight, and you showed up, and that's what's been going on. All right, so in the midst of doing this, you guys are still in combat as Lockdown looks back up and goes... Oh, come on, really? What? You guys all look up. You see a second group of far elves begin to descend down, and oh, Lockdown goes, 
we're going to have to take this giant thing out. Or at least sink it in some way. Well, in the interim, let's mess them up. You guys, are you guys good to deal with this next round of elves? Yeah. For sure, man. I'm going to go see if I can't figure out how the heck to deal with this thing, and I'll be back in a few in a few minutes. All right. And he takes off flying again. So Lockdown is not going to currently be in combat. But... He will be around. So at this point... You guys, if you want, you can re-roll your initiative rolls, or we can maintain the same initiatives, and the elves will come in at the end of initiative. I'll stay on my initiative rolls. Yeah, I got decent initiative yeah, rolls. Let's just I'm going to renumber these with the current numbers then, real quick, because um, that'll make uh, Mercer now go first. Uh, Zabak will end up going second. How far away are they? 300 feet because they just came off of the behemoth and began to descend down. Okay. Uh, so you guys, you know you have a little bit of time because it's going to take them time to descend down. That's fine. What you guys can do if you'd like while you're waiting for your, the elves to come down, you have options to, um, at, for the moment you know that the rest of the ship's crew has been kind of maintaining the ship to deal with the choppy waters and harsh winds again. Mm-hmm. You have the option to help them with that to prevent damage to the ship. You have options to do perception checks on the behemoth to see if there's a way to help bring it down. Because as long as this behemoth is in the sky, you're going to consistently have to continue to deal with far elves attacking. Are they following on our same course? No, because this thing is so massive, it doesn't have to. It just It's covering so much space that it can just float right there between where you're at now and the promontory. You'll have to deal with Far Elves the whole time. Okay. Unless you bring this thing down. Uh, Selene will do a perception check. Um, Mercer is going to uh, quickly rummage in his bag and put all three scrolls of Fireball in his hand. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay, then. Um... And you just will start just reading those scrolls off one at a time as they get within 150 feet. Okay. Let me just a sec here. I need to re-update this really quick. I thought I was done with this book. I am not. Um, okay, so that's Celine and Mercer. I'll get back to you guys in a second. What are Esther and Zabak going to do? Well, Zabak's gonna get onto Gunter, Gunter's back, who is still here. Yeah, I know. He'll be here for like an hour, so. And Zabak is gonna be ready to attack. Okay, As so Gunther Esther gets on. Tonight. Esther gets on Gunther. No, Zabak gets on Gunther because Esther herself can fly. Zabak is one of the few flightless. Yeah, oh, there it is. The okay. So the back is on Gunther's back. Mm-hmm. Esther prepares for another round of attacks. Mm-hmm. Does she see anybody she can aggro on at this point in time? Uh, no. Dang it. All right. So what did Celine get for perception? 
Ooh, yeah. That's going to be a 26. 26? All right. Remind me again real quick. What did Mercer choose to do? Basically, he has all three. He grabbed his last three scrolls of fireball. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get within 150 feet, Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. Boosh. Next round. Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. Boosh. Next round. So he's using this as the opportunity to burn through these fireballs. Yeah. Suppose. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's just going to kill them outright. Okay. So with a 26 perception, Celine notices a few th uh, Where'd the book go? Where'd we put it? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> nice. Perception. Okay. She can tell that the harness is held in place by two anchors, the harness being the chains around the behemoth. Uh, by two anchor points under its fins. If the anchor points were to be destroyed, the harness would break. She can also tell that this harness is functioning very similar to an astral chain of filament, similar to like what Mercer's chain belt thing that he keeps picking up would be. Mm -hmm. So it's a safe bet to say that the chains are acting as like an oversized levitation spell holding the behemoth up. The last thing she makes note of is those chains all come to a point at the front of the behemoth mm. where someone, he's too small to be able to tell, but someone is kind of guiding and maneuvering this thing and flying it. Um, but it's 300 feet away. 300 plus, yeah. Okay, so she just sits there and just at the top of her lungs yells, Lock! Destroy the chains! Huh? The chains? Destroy the chains! You want them to destroy the chains or the anchor points? The anchor points. Okay. On the fins! Got it! And he makes point to just fly straight for the first fin. <clears throat> Okay, these guys. Uh, let me get them added back in real quick. Acolytes. Boom, boom, boom. And then this guy. So as, oh, I gotta roll for their initiatives to determine how they come into combat. Okay. So, oh, oh, oh that's six there. Seven. All right. Um, so before we start into the next round, as you guys are looking up, Mercer specifically is noticing this as he's getting ready with a fireball scroll, just like, come on, come on, a little closer, come on. He notices that they are all standing. They're descending down, and the monk tosses something to one of the acolytes as he's keeping focus. 
and the acolyte just kind of is holding something in his hand and is like trying to move to position himself directly over the ship as best he can and drops something that's now so I can falling. see something falling mm-hmm. BB3 intercept all four all four arms are out and he's like kind of scuttling to the side every once in a while trying to make sure he's gonna get it directly underneath it that is the most inefficient way to go about that Let's see here dropping well I mean it's not like he can uh you know, know. fly to get it True. so when something falls they fall what 60 feet around is that right it depends on how the rules like I don't see anything here about falling. It's a travel pace, So in in Xanathar's guide, um, it's 500 feet per round. If there's nothing holding it up magically, it's just a... So this would happen this round then because they're only 300 feet in the yes. sky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this thing drops down. Um... <sighs> Pick some spot on the ship for BB3 to try to be lining up from. Well, if they're if they're all kind of like right above the mast, then he would be like, um, he'd be covering the like the he'd be straddling the grates basically. Okay, so he'd be right here trying to line up with this thing. Yeah, because I assume that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Try and drop it right about center. Esther is currently on Gunther. Has Gunther taken to the skies again? The back, back is on Gunther. So I'm sorry. Esther can fly. Is Esther still flying? Yeah, she's on an inner. She's gonna reroute and go after the thing falling down. Okay, it's falling faster than what she can fly, though. So if it can drop at 500 feet around and she can only fly 20 feet around. Yeah, she's going to move to intercept above the boat, though. So she's going to fly, like, at an angle. Oh, so she's going to try to catch it before it hits the ship. Yes. And how many feet in the air is she? Um, I believe she's still 20. 20? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it'll be two chances to intercept this thing before it. Okay. Whatever it is. Um, Locke took off, so he's not on the map at the moment. Where would, uh, is Mercer still back here by this mast? Is he staying right there for now? Yeah, he is. And then where would Celine be? Oh, I wasn't done with my turn. We're not on a turn right oh. now. Yeah, Celine would stay there. Okay. I, we're at the start, we're, we'll be at the start of a oh, new okay. round, and Mercer's the first one to go because he was at the top. Right. All right. Um, okay. I mean, there's so, not a lot Celine can do in this combat, so. She's just chilling. Okay, so Esther tries to intercept the object that's falling. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's say a... To catch it, I'm going to say reflex-oriented, so dexterity... Well, I'm going to make it a skill check on your part, and I'll let you decide athletics or acrobatics to try to... How's a seven? A seven? I... Uh, no. Ah, crap! No. Okay, so... With that being said... Esther's up here flying, so... Pull her off the map for a minute. Which means... Um, 
did we say that uh, that your your for we did give stats to your yeah he's he's a war golem okay he, I'm working on pulling up the information okay he and Celine are going to need to give well he's going to need to try to pull off an athletics check to catch yep um, he'll have a plus two to that skill because he's got four arms instead of two give me a second. I think I told you it was the same stats as a shield guardian. Or it? sorry, yeah, shield guardian, yeah. Because essentially that's what it, what it is. is. It just doesn't function the same way as a shield guard normally would. Okay. Let's go up. So yeah, it would do athletics. Alright. Hold on, pause. Athletics check. Okay, I'm giving him Flash of Genius. Um that's gonna be an 18. 18? Uh yeah, so he catches it. Ching ching and is holding it there. Celine can give me a perception check at advantage. That's going to be a 14. 14. As soon as he catches it, there's a split second of silence, and she hears, In the water! Is she yelling that? Yeah. Okay, it doesn't do anything, because he's always... No, but Mercer hears it and goes, Chuck it in the water! As a huge explosion in the water. <laughs> Mercer looks up. Man, we are lucky. I'm gonna strip <laughs> you all till you got nothing left on you. You're right, picture Mercer going, Bombs are my team, you son of a. Oh, yeah, he wants them now. So now he's gonna <laughs> blow them up. So he's, he's either hoping for two things to happen. He's either hoping that it causes a chain reaction on who, all of them that have one, and. Uh, they all go up like the 4th of July mm -hmm. or he happens to kill them all and gets a hands on his on those uh, lovely lovely explosives <laughs> that's his two hopes uh, okay um, alright so the bomb thing happened we are back into initiative so it is Mercer's turn okay so dexterity saving throws for who all of them. They're still descending 300 feet. Correct. So as soon as they get within uh, 100 and... Uh, okay. Yeah. So... Because he, he can't do anything until they get within range. Right. So let me figure up a little bit of mathematics here real quick. Uh, what What's the... What range are you looking for them to get inside of? I believe it was 150. Give me a second here. Uh, I need to know because I need to know what the difference is between what you're waiting for and where they're at now. Yeah, give me a second here. 150. So they need to descend 150 feet. Okay, so... And they should have already been descending a little bit already. Well, that was in the same round. As soon as they started to descend, they dropped the yeah. thing. So 
We're waiting 150 feet and they are descending 20 feet around. So huh? Let's try it this way. They are 300 feet divided by 20 feet around. So 15 rounds in order for them to get to the ship. So it'll be eight rounds before two. they're in range. Or no, seven rounds till they're in range of my fire. Technically seven and a half. Seven and a half is the pivotal point. So at seven, yes, they yeah, most seven. certainly. Okay. Because that's that that moving at three hundred half of that's one fifty. So if so it's fifteen. That's one hundred and yeah. thirty feet. Basically, they'll be just outside the scope, mm -hmm. and then they're well because if it's twenty feet, there is not going to be a moment where they're at a hundred and fifty. So it's going to be sixty or forty. They'll be at one forty. One forty. Okay. So that's that's going to be eight rounds. You guys have eight rounds of preparation that you can take. That's like I said, Mercer just sitting there. He's he's tapping his toes, waiting for these boogers to get in range, and then he's going to line them up. Okay. Like the so right. if there's any other preparations inside of that eight rounds, anybody else wants to do for any reason, now's the time to do it. Hal calls for. Oh, you um, know what? I take that back. Hmm. Go ahead, what up? I start flying up. <laughs> I'm gonna close that distance. <laughs> so over the course of what we say, eight rounds, he flies all I can fly up eighty feet in eight rounds. And that air. would put me actually within Okay, so 20, 40, 60, 80. And then that would put me oh, 40 feet dashing. up. That's 120 I can't dash with a fly. Uh, now, now with a, a ten foot movement speed, um, so that's one twenty. So five rounds in, I'm within range. Because in the fifth round, they've come down a hundred feet. I've gone up fifty feet. So right at round five, mm -hmm. I'm exactly one fifty in their range. Okay. I feel like that meme with like a bunch of different physics problems rotating around my head right now trying to figure this out. Yeah, because each round they're going to drop 20. So in five rounds you'd be able to do an attack. Yeah, because okay. they're going to move down 20 around. I'm going to move up 10. So mm -hmm. I move up 50. They move down 100. That puts us at the 150 marker. Okay, so five rounds. Yep. Um, in that same time period, Hal is still handling the helm, but has called for a shield as well as two crew members to have shields at the ready. Mm -hmm. So he's less likely to get hurt. Yep. Um, and then everybody else takes to uh, heavy crossbows on their backs while they're working. Mm -hmm. So at any given point they need to, they can hold on to a rope or lash themselves to the mast or something. Somehow be able to hold themselves in place, pull that heavy crossbow and go if needed. Oh, as soon as they're within range, they are told to volley. You're going to be in range long before they are. Heavy crossbows are like 120 feet. Correct. But I'm just saying, 
at this point, they've all been, Celine directs them to, that as soon as they're within range, volley. Okay. There's no if needed. It's happening. Okay. Oh, da, 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 da. All right. So we get one, two, three, four. And we hit round marker number five. You need dexterity saving throws. Yes, please. And light will be turned on here in just a second. Oh. Ta da! Wow. That is really, really bright. Um, well, the acolytes failed horribly, and the monk, there's no way he didn't make it. Because I rolled a natural 20. <laughs> he got very, very lucky. Half damage for him. Alright, so. Made it. Oh, no. Made it. Failed it. Can I get into your apples? Yeah, go ahead, Vinny. I hurt the crap out of my teeth, but... Um, sure, maybe your friend would lend you a knife. Yeah, if you need one. I'm more commonly known for just eating the apple. Thirty-three points. So and then sixteen for the acolyte or for the monk. Right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Let's see here. That would make all of this. And I assume that's at the. Yeah, never mind. Good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then I gotta figure out the map. Hey, there's a calculator right in front of me. Let's use it. Okay. Alright, so that is Mercer's turn. Right? Mm -hmm. Is he doing anything else? He moved up to. He moved up, he cast a spell. They're at 150, so they're still just outside my range for everything else, so that's all I can do. Gotcha. All right. This is a back's turn. All right. Now, here's the weird part. The movement and flight and everything of Gunter still happens on Esther's turn as the dragon is her summoned creature. Mm -hmm. The back's turn can still be taken on a separate turn. So it's on you to kind of figure out the best way for them to be able to work together. Ultimately what you should do... Esther. You should drop your Zabak's initiative to Esther's, and so you both function at the exact same time. Or I'll just tell Gunter if he was Zabak, tells him to. 
that's not how it works because it's um, a spell. It's not a real creature. All right, all right, fine. It's the difference between a magically summoned creature and an actual companion. So Zabak was before Esther? Uh, yes. Now Zabak can drop her initiative back to Esther's, like what he suggested, yeah, and they both just act on the same turn. I'll do that, yeah. Okay. So... I'm going to make a note here. All right. So in that case, we're going to skip past... Uh... back for now. Yeah, hang on a sec. Apparently stupid me was... Uh... It's all right, man. Do, 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 do. One, two... Oh no. That's why I did that. Okay. Okay, so it's back to Esther. Um, it's locked Don's turn. He, uh. He's going to attempt something that may or may not help him. Wait, no. Hmm. Yeah, so as, as you guys see Locked On flying, because he's flying so slowly at 20 feet around, he uh, he blips out for a split second and then appears 30 feet farther as he's continuing to fly. Hmm. As he casts Misty Step and just... Foom, foom. Nice. Foom, foom. <clears throat> um, so that's his turn. It is now Celine's turn. Uh, nothing she can do this round. Okay. Um, so we backtrack to Esther, or no, continue to Esther and Gunter. So Esther will take her turn. All right. Have Gunter do whatever he's going to do, and then Zabak can act right after Gunter does. Okay. So, Esther... I gotta go back to basics, everybody. It's time for some magic missile. It's only 120 feet. I know. They're 150 feet I'm away. Gonna fly up or, 40 or 40 feet. No. Hmm? No. I flew up. Mmm. They're still 200 feet away. Yeah, so even moving up 20 oh. feet, they're not gonna be. Yeah, that's the, that's the reason why, because I'm actually moving up. See, this is. I, I, now I remember I that. Confusing the crap out of me. <laughs> Jack wagon. Alright, well, I'm going to start flying upwards. So I'm going to move up 20 feet, so I'll be 180 feet away. Okay. Hold my action until something killable gets within 120 feet of me. We said they're how high up in the air? 200? They are 200 from the ship. Mm hmm. So if she flies up 20 feet, that puts her 80 feet away. Right. So what we're going to do is I'm going to keep track of how far away they are from the ship. Mm -hmm. You guys keep track of how far up from the ship you are. Yeah, I'm good. That way, whenever we need numbers, we can just take those two numbers, subtract yeah. the difference, and we can figure out how much distance there is between mm -hmm. the two of them. Yep. Okay. Okay, so she flew up. Um, Zabak is on Gunter's back. 
Alright, let's get to him, Boyle. How fast can Gunter fly? Gunter can fly kind of fast, I think. He can fly 60 feet. So he's going to rocket upwards with the back on her back. His back? Their back? It's back? I don't so, know. 140 feet away. Yeah. Which yeah. means the back's still not in range to do anything. We're getting there! Oh, yeah. And that's that. That's that. That's all she can do. Well, I mean, she can hold her action until something gets within, you know, striking distance. But probably not going to happen this round. Nope. Well, if something should appear within range, she's ready. Check something here. Mercer's 150 feet away. Yep. So um, it's the lunar monk's turn. So Wait, did we say 150 or 140? 150. Because I'm moving up. Right, 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 them. right. So they are, will be at 180 because they will come down 20 feet. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that. That's not what I'm trying to figure out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out the distance between them and Mercer. Should uh, be 130. 130. Yeah. Okay. So. So unless they have any spells, they are they should be out of range. Oh wait, I can move. If I'm not attacking, I can move double my movement speed. Not at flying though. Oh okay. You can only. Well, I can't because of mine's. My flying's weird. Her creature, who's naturally able to fly, can. Mm, and she's talking about her feet. flying, not her dragon. Oh. Yeah, it's a draconic piece. So yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. Oh no. Gunter could do yeah. dash action. Could he either? Because he's not. To fly. Yeah. He could. He could? Yeah, I can't because oh. my mine is my flying is weird. Okay. So like I have a I just have a flat ten foot fly speed. It's it's because it's it's weird. Mm. Uh, it's not like a natural ability like where you can do your flying right. or your summon creature. Okay. So no, Gunch's gonna move up 120 feet because he's he's just moving. And apparently he can do that! Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So now it's back is 80 feet away. Still not within range, but way closer. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. Monk can't do anything, but the monk at this point is keeping a very close eye at Mercer. Mm -hmm. Because Mercer's obviously made himself known with his scrolls. Oh, yeah. Um, the monk, the uh, acolytes, however, you see each of them pull something out. It looks like a rolled up piece of paper mm -hmm. with a string on it. Tie it to a different dagger. Not a far off dagger, but just a standard dagger. Mm -hmm. And once again, similar to like that explosion thing. Yeah. They just kind of line it up. Drop. If Mercer wants to try to catch nope. one, one of the daggers. No. He's going to barbecue them. Okay. So as he's flying up, he just sees three daggers with... I mean, unless I can use a reaction to try to grab one. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you okay. want to try to grab yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely will try to as a reaction. As a reaction. So I'm going to... I'll do it the same way I did before. You can choose athletics or acrobatics. 
Oh, absolutely, we're going with acrobatics because Mercer's not strong. And it's going to go right, it's, you know, like how it drops and then you try to grab it and it's already well patched. It's that $1 bill challenge where you try to catch it. Because I'm pretty sure 12 is going to miss it. Oh, yeah. He sees it coming and he's like, ah, uh, oh, crap. Yeah. Look out below. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, back up to the top of the line. Me? Oh, no, wait. We got to conclude that. So, it's dropping down. Um, Celine gets a chance to try to catch at least one of the daggers. and uh, She will use athletics. <laughs> and your robot guy with his four arms has an opportunity to try to catch uh, two of them, but he'll be at a plus two because it's two hands and two hands. Okay. So, so, oh yeah. Celine definitely grabs it with a 27. Okay. Um, and then uh, BB3... Um, no, that's going to be uh, an 11 and a 12. Okay. Uh, hold on. Flash of genius for the 12, the, making it a 17. I can the, do it five times. What's the range on that? 60 feet. I'm within range because I'm only 50 feet up off the ship. That's right. Okay. <laughs> So a seventeen. Well, she already one. caught hers. No. Yeah, Celine caught hers. When BB three tries to grab it, he misses one with a twelve. Right. Or sorry, an eleven, and then the twelve becomes a seventeen. Okay. So he catches one and misses one. So it's just one into the deck. Um, as soon as Celine catches hers, she begins to notice that the paper that was attached to it has been burning as if it's like a sparkler. Yeah. Chucks it into the water? Yeah, right out. Okay. And so does BB-3. Chucks that one? Mm-hmm. All right, so two of them go into the water and... And then that last one... Uh, both BB-3 and Celine need to make dexterity saving throws. <laughs> Oh, nice. Uh, so he's going to get a 14. BB-3 is just like... Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> As he just stands there and just eats it. Oh, buddy. Thirteen points fire damage is just... <clears throat> Does Celine take half? Yeah. I don't know yes, yes, it. yes. Okay, so she only takes quarter then, because she's resistant to fire as well. Mm -hmm. So, 12, 6. The ship, because it's made out of wood, ends up taking double damage, so there's Ooh. severe damage to the main deck now. Crap. You better do something about that, you guys. Wait. Esther and Zabak aren't anywhere near right. that. They yeah, just no. saw an explosion. Ah, uh, crap. Yep. I hope the ship's now it's okay. we move to the top of the order. Yep, it is Mercer's deck saving throws. Oh, fireball again. <laughs> he, his goal is to kill them before they get to even to the ship. Okay. Don't want to use that one. There it is. Um. Okay. So. 
got a 23. Half damage. And the Acolytes got a 12. Nope. 34 points. 34 in total? Mm hmm. So half of that was 16. Be... Okay. Oh, excuse me. How dare you. Um, so all three acolytes... No, sorry, 17. 17's the half. <coughs> sorry, my bad. Add, take, just add two points to that. Add two points? Yeah, because I said 12. When it, or sorry, I said 15. You said 16. 16? Okay, so, so I add one. Add one. <laughs> Stop trying to throw me off. Dip, dug, dodge, dive. Alright, so all three of the acolytes are dead. And then Mercer moves ten feet down. <laughs> I'm ascending, I'm ascending, I'm ascending. I'm descending, I'm descending. Alright, so I gotta figure this out. So I am 140 away from them at the moment. So that's Mercer's turn. Zabak acts on Esther's turn. Mm -hmm. Locked on. Continues. And... Celine's turn. Um... Like, is there an actual hole where the explosion went? Mm -hmm. Um... Real quick, is there... Slightly bigger than what a soccer ball would be. That's fine. That's fine. Is there any, like, loose wood right around her? Mm -hmm. All the extra repair kits are usually kept below deck for safekeeping. Uh, how far away are... I mean, she would know where the repair kits are. How far away are they? They're kept here. So, from where she's at... 5, 10... 15, 20, 25, 30, 30, well, yeah, 30 feet just to get there. Okay, so she she's going to dash. She's going to run down there, grab a repair kit, and then run right back up to where she was standing. Okay. So basically, next turn, she's going to use the, because she now has the materials. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. And if it's that big, that's a one square foot hole, she can mend it. Using the repair kit materials, she now has the material to replace what's missing, and she can mend it and seal it. Okay. So that's what she's doing. I feel like there's more to that, but yeah. No, it just with we, with mend you gotta have them you gotta have the materials to yeah. mend it. And the repair kit is the materials, and she can you can mend up to one square cubic foot. So she has enough, so she can magically mend it and repair it. Yay, magic! Yes, yeah, there's a lot of detail into that. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, 
Esther's turn. All right. How high up is Esther right now? Um, she cannot move double flight speed because it's not a natural ability. Right. right. Okay. So she's just gonna move up another twenty feet, and she'll be eighty feet away from the people. They haven't fallen further yet. They descended down twenty feet. Okay. So they're at one eighty right now. So now if she's up eighty then there's a hundred foot difference. No, she's only at forty. No. Sixty. She just So at one twenty. So yeah. Yeah. She just ascended up to sixty feet. Mm -hmm. So that'd be one twenty, so you are within most of your spells now. <laughs> Firebolt isn't optional. Or magic missile and just pummel the mage or yes. the monk. That's exactly what I'm doing. Level five magic missile. What what source are you using to cast it? My star. Okay. Standard rolls. We determined it is seven. Yes. Uh huh. Mr. Mage Bad Boy. Yes. Oh yeah, just add two to the spell. That's how I remember it now. 28 points of force damage. Cover. Reaction shield. Nothing happens. You mother! <clears throat> I'm gonna nope. get you, you hey, fool! You burned up a spell slot. That's good. Well, true. You also burned up the star. <laughs> yeah, but the stars are recoverable. Mm -hmm. He's not going to last that long. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, okay, so that was Esther. Gunter? Gunter is going to move back another 60 feet up in the air. So how far up into the air is? Um, 180. So Same. he's right up there where, where they're at then. Yeah. Time for a javelin. Oh, wait, no. They're within range of him, aren't they? Mm -hmm. You only moved, so you can make your attack action. <laughs> time to get wrecked. It's time for a multi-attack, boys! So, for the first strike, that's going to be... Solid. I believe 18 to hit. Just that. barely, but yes. I hate to be this guy, but I'm yeah. going to be this guy. He just cast shield. His AC's up by 5. You are correct. She misses, or the dragon misses. Okay. Sorry. For a second there, I Little. thought you were gonna kick me off. I'm like, oh no, he's helping me. Okay. okay. No, I, I'm, I'm, I play, but I'm trying to be fair on both sides of the fence here. <laughs> well, the second one definitely misses because he only hit him for like 13 with a 13. But on the plus side, though, he can still dragon breath right in his face. Exactly. So. So yeah, I know that one. Saving throw. Yeah, give me a deck save. Or a something. Hold on. Go back to the thing. You need to give me a yeah, deck save. Okay. You know he's monkey. He's probably only gonna take half. I know. But some other people are gonna get hurt by this too. Who else? No, I killed everyone else. Oh well, all right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember now. It's gonna be a twenty-five. Ah, uh, well, he's only gonna take three points then. <laughs> well. Was that was that a breath weapon or was that a flick a match out? Here's a loogie, and it freezes before it leaves the dragon's mouth and clocks him in the noggin. Ow! 
Gunther. You could have done better, boy, but you tried your best. And now it's time for some packs to check. Are we technically flanking? No. No. Okay. You're essentially occupying the exact same space. All right. Am I at advantage or disadvantage? You could recklessly attack and have advantage. And so that would be what you want to use. Yeah, well, the black die is the Vax die. So, yeah, I'll just recklessly attack to make up for the fact that I rolled two d20s. Exactly. So that first one was a crit. Okay. Versus... A one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the difference between did she hit the monk or did she hit the dragon? Yeah, did I stab Gunter in the neck or did He's I already been hit quite a few times. Yeah, poor Gunter. He's doing okay though. So that's gonna be natural twenty. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll double that. <sighs> That's going to be 12 points of damage for my first attack. <coughs> Stabity stab. For my second. Oh. A whiff. Big old whiff, but not a critical whiff. He goes to flap his wings. It disaligns. It's the back line of sight. She, right as she's hucking the javelin and right under his feet. <clears throat> Gunter! And he just kind of looks back at her. <laughs> How's Monkey Monk Man looking? Uh, not great, but not too terrible either. I know you hate those answers, but I'm not going to give you their stats. I'm not going to give him No, but I, I mean, it tells me he's about probably half. Yeah, you're consistent. I mean, I, I, can, I can look at it and be like, oh, no, he looks like crap. Oh, no, he's doing really well. Or, eh, he's about 50-50. You're going to die. He kind of flew up in the danger zone, though. Danger zone! I'll be fine. It's fine. Everyone's you sure fine. about that? No, I'm, I'm. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So he descends down another twenty feet. He's now. Hey. He just moved out of a threatened space. Well, it's because he's under the effects of levitate. Well, we're we're both we both get an attack of opportunity. You don't do. We? Yeah, you do. Yeah. He can't control the descent thing. The only thing he can do is try to. <sighs> well, those are probably gonna be missed. I so. think. Zavak is probably going to miss. 14 to hit? Misses. Oh, yeah. Gunter's not going to hit him either. Gunter, Gunter is too upset about failing Zavak. As he descends down and he Ooh. flips two double birdies with a smile and says, <laughs> I want to get you! Um, okay, so 160 feet. Uh, how far away is Mercer? I know. Uh, I know he's twenty feet away from Gunter and Zabak. Mercer's in the air. I am one twenty away from him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Wisdom saving throw. Oh. This is magical, isn't it? It is. Uh, oh, it's magic. You know. Ooh, that's not good. Uh oh. Let's see. One last flash of genius. I'm gonna use it. You better. I need to. Uh, so character sheet. That's going to be... Well, yeah. No, maybe not. Crap. No, because there's a good chance that that's not going to save. No, wait. Inspiration. I'm using my one point of inspiration. Yeah, yeah. You awarded me one two weeks ago, and I've not used it. When did I award one? 
What did I give you inspiration for? I don't remember exactly what it was for, but you gave it to you me. You can't remember anything else that happened from two weeks ago, according to your own words, but you remember an inspiration? I do. Hey, because that's, that's important, man. That's important. Mm-hmm. Well, wherever you're seeing it, you better get rid of it so you I know will. you used it. Inspiration, you failed me. Oh, buddy. I hate that for you. I mean it. And you're eating it hard. As you take 19 points radiant damage. Ouch. Sorry, buddy. That's fine. It's bound to happen. And then, as a bonus action, I need Gunter to give me a strength saving throw. Oh no, Gunter! (gasps) Oh no. Um, It's decent. I don't know exactly what his strength should be. Look at the stats. Um, yeah. Strength, oh, it's a plus four, so that's 14. 14? No, Gunter is pushed upward towards the behemoth 15 feet. Ah, crap. Gunter! So... That's not bad. I know. You're only... He is now 35 feet away from the monk. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is fine. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do. That is his turn. Those guys are dead. We are back to Mercer. Mercer is going to fly diagonally 10 feet to get out of the beam. Okay. And then he is going to um, thunderbolt him. Yeah. Oh, no more fireball. <laughs> like I said, in the danger zone. Danger zone! Well, the thunderbolt ain't going to do dilly poo. Well, yeah. Um, and now the force cannon. Maybe it's time to change up dice. (laughs) Double twos. I've been rotating dice out. Oh no. Just all your dice are like, nope, screw you, we're done. We did our job, we're done. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, because 13s ain't going to hit him. Nope, it's not. No, no. The sad part is, I'm not even laughing at the dice rolls, I'm laughing at the look on your face. It's just, it's so so disappointing. Because what's worse is, I can see the twenties on the dice next to the twos. It's just like, no. It's haunting you. Yeah, and they're dwarf faces, so they're like smiling at me, taunting me. Like, you thought, ha ha. Freaking a. Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways. Um, All right, we'll mourn your loss. I'm now only uh, thirty feet away from the ship. So, everybody. Everybody that is capable of making a perception check can give me a perception check. Okay. okay. Mercer. Ooh, maybe. Sweet. Uh, Where were you guys just just uh-huh. not even a round ago? You we can let you see what's about to happen to you. I rolled a 13 and a 15. Stop it. Celine's gonna have a freaking 24. Okay. Mercer is going to end up with not not a 15 or 14.
Hey, have you checked out Armor Class? They're a small company that does their own custom character sheets, and they make them in a variety of different styles for every class and any type of character you want to create. They do it in black and white or in color, and the cost is always efficient anywhere from three to five, possibly even seven dollars. Check them out, and if you're interested in them, click on the link down below in the description to see their product. Also use the promo code the LARP channel to get 20% off your order. So until then, enjoy. Okay. So Wait, tell me those again. What'd you just say? 24 for okay. Celine. Yeah. 14 for Mercer. Okay. So Mercer's not going to catch it right away. He'll what? catch it just a moment later. Mm -hmm. What did Esther and Zavak get? Um, Esther got 14 and Zavak got 13. Okay. So same thing for them. They're not going to catch it right away. They'll catch it just a moment later. Way off in the distance as Lockdown has been flying up to that point where the anchor is at. The, mm -hmm. uh, the anchor point. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> You can just barely see him as he comes flying up to it and goes to swing and hit it. You see the hit and it makes contact, followed by him just boom, and disappears for a sec. What? A split second later, it echoes two thundering sounds of boom, boom, as the anchor point snaps. Heck yeah! And breaks away. The behemoth tilts to try to catch itself as it's now offset and it has begun to descend down farther as the chain like this hopefully no like this uh, oh no was like move the shit we've been moving <laughs> We're get clear well Grant, I mean, when, you're, when you said it's the size bro, of the table, it's kind of bro, hard when it's... Bro. There's our ship. Pancakey? <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyways. Now, just to clarify here, um, there is a write-up in here to explain what happens should the behemoth, for whatever reason, land on your ship. Yeah. But it has now descended down to where it is... It should only be 280 feet down since it's still levitating. Yeah. You'd think that. 120 feet from your ship. <laughs> We're gonna die. Oh, this is not good. No. So keep that in the back of your minds. I have nothing that, that can help was Lockdown's turn. Uh, it is Celine's turn. She takes the, the kit. Sets it on the hole. Men's. Okay. So interact with an object, cast a spell, is she doing anything else? That's it. Uh, Esther's turn. All right. Um, you killed the, the, the dude, right? No. Mm, no? Okay. The monk is still up. Oh. Well, okay. Cool. Um, man... I'm not an archer, but I'm gonna try it. Oh wait, he can shield my. Yeah, anything. You can shield. He anything. can shield anything. Hmm. 
you just you've learned though that uh, twice now that shield instantly stops your magic missiles though. I had an idea. I'm gonna hold my action. Okay. Okay. Get him, Gunter! So Gunter's 35 feet away. He's gonna dive on this this dude. What are you doing? Towards the back, like ah! holding on for dear life. It's the dragon this Like that moment as the roller coaster hits its peak and all of a sudden. Zero. Five per second. If she had hair, it would have gone. <laughs> That's why I hate roller coasters, because you feel yourself come up out of your seat, and that safety bar is the only thing holding you, and it's like, oh, I hate that feeling. All right, Gunter dive bombs the guy and swipes at him for an 18. That hits. Yeah, it does. D6 plus 4 plus uh, 5. Mm, so just add nine. Fourteen points of damage for the my for Gunter's first attack. Next. Oh, that's a ten to hit. Alright, so back up. You said fourteen, right? Mm -hmm. And then Dex save. Dex save. Twenty-three. Dang. Well, he takes half of seven, which rolls down to three. Yep. <laughs> Fun. What Love kind it. of damage was that? Um, that was. Sorry. Ice. Yeah, this way. Okay. It's not gonna matter. It'll still affect him. I'm just wondering what the damage tape is. Ice. Okay. Now he's not looking too good. Aha. Now he's not in a good mood. He would have been looking worse. And he didn't. He didn't try to use shield. He no. did not. He did not. All right. Well, All right. So that was Gunter. Uh, what is the back doing? The back is going to attack him with the javelin. Ooh, it's gonna be twelve hit. No, that misses. I know. Ah. Uh, I don't know why I even tried. 14? No, 15 hit? Nope. Not that good. misses. Oh, okay. well, Alright, fine. I'll show you how it's done. Now Esther's gonna rip that star off because he didn't use shield, but she's like, well, I was waiting for my opening. Oh. Excuse me. 22 points of damage? Shield? No. No. One point center. One point Let me recount. Wait. No, a surprisingly extra point does not randomly appear.
You are I missed a die! What do you mean you missed a die? I missed a die! It was hiding in the corner! Okay. Did you see this re, one right there? Re-add it all up. Did you see the... No, I, I, I stopped looking for a second. So, 2, 4, 5. That's 9. 10, 11, 12. 13, 14, 15, 16. 17, 18. 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Okay. Okay. Are we certain this time? Yes. 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 He's dead. Yay! <laughs> Esther finally claims one. <laughs> How do you like me now? And she hit thrusts. <laughs> so, um, because we are moving. Um, we gotta go. And we're in a hurry now. Mercer mm -hmm. just cancels his flying. Gunter, tow the boat! He falls 30 feet to the ship. <laughs> How, how, how? What's that? 2d6? Yeah. I have a plan. No, 30 feet. After. A d6 after every 10, 10, 10 feet. feet. So, 2d6. I have a plan. I have a couple plans. Because I fall 10 feet. Well, if it's 30 feet in the air and it's d6 for every 10 feet, that's. After 10 foot. So. Yeah, so you're 10. 20. d6. Don't worry. Okay. I got a plan. How big is Gunter in comparison to the boat? Is he bigger than the boat? No. No? Okay. Uh, Esther is going to hitch a rope to, or just hitch a rope to the boat and give it to Gunter, and Gunter is going to pull the boat as fast as he can. Roll your damage. I still take damage. Now, I thought she was going to do something to try to save you. No, nah, you're on your own, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Esther's going to try to dive to save you. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm already gone. Seven Ooh. points bludgeoning is... Hey, hang on. Does a, does a 13 at least make it not look horrible? You fall flat A 13? Dex save? Basically, just well, the, that, where that I'm might not, work in conjunction with a little bit of fun I'm going to have. Here. Where I'm not falling on my face. You land on your Evens or odds? Roll, Evens. 99. He comes falling, right? Uh huh. Catches himself at the last second and does like this really, really bad, stupid type of superhero pose and hits the main deck. A split second goes by and he thinks he's fine, followed by the sounds of cracking as the hole that Celine just repaired gives way and he falls through into the <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. I'll be back with a kit. <coughs> oh, buddy. Oh. About three rounds later, he comes walking back up with a wood kit as he's limping. <laughs> Here's the kit. Mend. I'm just wondering, Celine's like, man. She just, she's just more, it's more was like, you're like. <laughs> I really don't think he thought that through very well. No, he didn't, clearly. <laughs> well, that's going to leave a mark. <laughs> it did. It was a hole in the ship. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. There is never a dull moment with you guys. Hey, that is my goal. I am here for comedy relief. You. You're not here for comedy relief. You are the comedy relief. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, do I have time okay. to enact this plan? What? 
Do you have time for what? Do I, to enact my plan. Yeah, what, what, what were you doing? She's trying to pull the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you tie off the rope to the ship, to the dragon, and tell the dragon, pull! <clears throat> um, well, I don't tie it to Gunter. I just give it to him, and he just grabs the rope because he's got little hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Either way, pull! Go, Gunter! Um, like, uh, you're not gonna let me get off first. Nope. Hello, right? <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, totally able to pull that off. Uh, right, let's see so here. He's gonna haul tail to get the boat out from under the. He just watched as the boat just like gets like starts to lift up a little bit on the front end of the nose <laughs> as he's just like, and you just watch the. Like, so, give me perception checks real quick. It's that scene in Austin Powers. It's a steamroller. Yeah. Uh, 25 for Celine, a 10 for Mercer. Okay, so Celine notices a couple of things. She sees Lockdown making his way towards the other anchor point. She can also tell that if hit in the right fashion... Or affected in the right fashion is going to cause the behemoth to fall into the water at an angle and could potentially miss the ship altogether. Simultaneously, she also takes note that the reinforcements that um, uh, that house where the uh, anchor point is at is actually not as strong as you would think it is. Mm. Somebody could just as easily just come up and crack it and if they do enough damage as if like hitting an opponent potentially affect it and then she also makes note that due to it being magic there's a few things that she could possibly do that would require that that wouldn't require doing damage but could still affect it to cause spell magic exactly yeah so she again same concept starts yelling at the top of her lungs to you know relay this information to Lockdown. Leaving it to his decision to do whatever he thinks is best, but, you know, she's trying to project her voice as best as she can. Okay. Because there's nothing she can do outside of relay the information. Okay, what's the range on her dispel magic? She doesn't have it. I thought she had it. Used to. Oh... Okay. But it's only like, I think it's like 60 foot. I'll tell you here in a second. 120 feet. Okay. I mean, she could prepare it, but she doesn't have it now. Gotcha. She, she's, you know. <clears throat> All right. Do, 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 do. Well, so, hold on. There, there, there may hold on. There may be something she can actually do. I don't know. This, this may may not work. I don't know. It's items. Oh, 60 foot. No. Uh, well, I mean. Okay. Okay. Double check my spell slots here real quick for Celine. 
If it gets within 60 feet mm-hmm. of the ship, Celine will do her last fourth level spell slot. And she will cast Banishment nice. on the creature. Okay. And um, it would require a charisma saving throw. So, like I said, she screams that at Locke, hoping he hears something of that, because he's, you know, a bit off in the distance. Mm-hmm. But basically, that that's her Hail Mary. That's what she can do. Okay. All right. So, um, roll me a percentile die. That is a 51. 51? Yes. Oh, gosh, that's your dice just teasing you. I was, I was doing a 50-50 chance to see if Locke heard you. Well, I mean, I beat the, the under 50 marker. <laughs> yeah, but it was the under 50 you wanted. Oh. <laughs> so just right there on the verge as she's screaming at the top of her lungs for Locke, Locks just outside of range, and Wait. he goes barreling towards that other filament. Could, you see the. Could Esther have heard Celine? Oh, absolutely, you're going to hear me. Uh-huh. So, but is, is it a question Locke of. Is like Esther's 200 closer plus, to Locke. Huh? He's 200 plus feet away from us. Esther's closer to Locke, right? No? Okay, never mind. No. You see him just barreling towards this other anchor point. Oh, no. Charges up the hammer, Yay. the sorcery points. Wham! And snaps it off. Go, Gunter, go! Immediately causes the behemoth to go at an angle mm-hmm. and dips right into the water as you just hear this huge, uh, tremendous groan and it echoes for miles around. The great manta falters for, uh, in the sky and for a moment it looks like it will plunder in, <clears throat> into the astral darkness, but with a last turn it plows into the water's edge. Its vast bulk skids across the ocean's surface throwing towering crests of water into the air. A displacement wave of epic proportion quickly sweeps up your ship like a toy before dunking it into the brine. When you surface, the ship is spinning and the mast is splintered. As you glance around for your party members, you notice the astral behemoth has fared no better. The huge creature has run aground on the promontory, its huge bulk beached upon the rocky island, covering it completely save the furthest most tip. It's clear that in order to reach the edge of the promontory and release the living star to the astral plane, you'll have to cross through the city of the Far Elves. So everybody everybody that was on the ship needs to give me a strength saving throw. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Mercer gets horrible. Boy, I'm glad I'm not on the ship. Celine gets a 21. Okay. So Celine just gets thrown off the ship. What was the other one? <laughs> Mercer got a sip. No, Mercer got a... Uh, 
Yeah, Mercer Mercer got eight. Mercer got an eight. All right. Yeah, Merc not going to like what's about to happen. No, I don't think he's gonna die. He's just gonna be really, you don't really irritated. He's gonna be wet and unhappy. <laughs> Fourteen points bludgeoning damage. Okay. And he he basically got catapulted <laughs> and was sent flying sixty feet. So you have the ship, the promontory. And that wave hits, and Mercer go, Yeah. <laughs> he uh, reaches into his bag, pulls out the little uh, belt, quickly clips it on. <laughs> oh, so it's a the belt. Like, yeah. yeah, the little, it gives us uh, yeah, the, the mermaid water, fins and yeah, we can yeah, swim. Yeah. Oh, the marlin skirt. Yeah. yeah. He clips that on. Okay. And you said belt. I'm like, it's it, yeah. It. Wait, wait, hold on, back up. I thought Mercer was wearing Scarlet Kate's jacket and hat. Yes, those don't require the Merlin's or the Marlin skirt did not require attunement. Uh-uh. Yeah, but didn't the jacket and the hat, while being worn together, allow you to swim underwater and be able to breathe? No. Uh-uh. No, it gave me uh, the charisma. I can make. I can succeed against. You know, intimidation for fighting, mm. swashbuckling, you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay. No. Okay, so he's got the Marlin skirt on. Yeah, he hooks it on because he's in. The drink. Yeah, <laughs> and with all the weight, he ain't swimming with the crap on. Uh-huh. Without it. So he, and now he can't. And so, he, <laughs> you know, three rounds later, he makes it back. Uh... Rubbling the entire time. That's could have come and So, uh, the best course of action you guys have at this point is to, wherever you're at, make a point of getting to where the... Uh, Gunter didn't pull them far enough away to get escape the waves. No. Okay, well... <laughs> I know, I... Uh... So, here, here's a question for you. What's up? So, the promenade... The, the what? Promontory. Uh, promontory, sorry. <laughs> What'd you call it? Promenade. Promenade. Similar <laughs> difficult. No, they have um, similar roots. You're okay. But, so, you know, the big old island, essentially. Uh-huh. This thing's beached on one side of it. Uh-huh. Why can't we go the other way? Because if it's, you want to go the other way, you have to step through the barrier into the astral plane to come back in and by then you run the risk of having So this yourself... thing is taking up the entire beach? Well, there's not a beach. It's literally ocean, astral plane, and the promontory acts as the gate between both planes. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I was under when, the impression when... it was like, because you said it was beached. It's beached at that edge. Uh-huh. So it acts as the behemoth itself now acts as a beach front between the material plane and the astral plane when you were told the edge of the world that just sounded like a turn of phrase now that you're out here you realize it literally it is, is edge. edge of the world okay 
<clears throat> so your best course of action at this point is to find a point on the behemoth to just get out of the water mm-hmm. <coughs> and catch up with one another. Yeah. So have Gunther drag the ship to... Uh, oh, the, yeah. the ship is splinters. Yeah, our ship is destroyed. I thought it was just the mast was destroyed. Yeah. That's what you oh, said. Oh, but yeah, yeah, you said it's it? the mast. You said the mast was the mast was cracked. Uh-huh. So based on that, the ship's no. still attacked. When you surface, the ship is spinning and the mast. Oh, you're right. The mast is splintered. Okay. Yeah. So the ship itself is still intact. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Gunther yep. can pull us with the ship, and we can drag the mast and fix it later. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Come on, Gunther, get us to the harbor. So that way we're not, you know, complete SOL. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so she has Gunther take us to uh, basically a spot that is like abandoned. Mm-hmm. They, ain't, they ain't, doesn't look like a lick of life and who knows how far. <laughs> That's where we go. Okay. So it, it's going to be, it's not going to be the tail end of the fin as this thing splashed out, but you're coming up on one side of where one of the fins would have been yeah. at. And it just kind of brushes up. You're able to get the ship close enough to the point where it's not just going to float away or whatever. <laughs> well, we just stick the anchor into the manta. Yeah. Sorry, man. Uh, the majority of the crew makes their way back. Even Hal's like drenched wet and everything. And they're just all like... <laughs> hey, everybody. <sighs> You guys and your antics. <laughs> but did you die? As as Mercer is sitting there and you know crawls back up on the ship, when he says that he goes, "You asked to come with," and then he proceeds to go downstairs. I mean, I'm did. gonna go get. Then you do that. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a drink. You do that. You'll be fine. You're fine. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. But I mean, they, look at it from their perspective. They aren't heroes of the story. Oh, they yeah. They just have to reap every consequence oh, yeah. of your yeah. action. They're just trying to make a buck, and we're like, hey, more they're, they're, they're the suckers that signed up for this this chaos incarnate. And, uh, you know. Yeah, but how much worse off would you have been if you didn't have a crew for this ship? Yeah, true. Well, you would have been the crew of the ship. True, true, but, but at we the know same what time. We're doing. Hal should have known with the interactions of our characters at the very get-go, he should have known that he is opening a massive can of worms with yeah, us. Yeah, he because we, we were we were I was throwing bombs in a city. <laughs> yeah, he was. You were. I hunted. No, no, no. That wasn't Hal. Hal was just irritated and went down to his quarters. That was one of the crewmates. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that you said that was Hal. No. Hal was among them, but that was one of the crewmates that was saying that. Oh. <laughs> and I don't care about him. Okay, so you guys uh, okay. are gonna take. Uh, that, you know what? That was that was that was probably Tom. <laughs> that was probably Tom being. Who are these guys? So Bob and Tom are the imitations of your characters. I know that was Esther. <laughs> Who are these two chuckleheads? Oh. Bob's not bad. Tom sucks. Whoa! Oh, Bob is bad. 
He was the one that mouthed off a howl when he pulled out the great sword. Oh my god, what? Well, yeah, but he was still was actually, you know, combat worthy, unlike Tom, who f- just kept tanking it the entire time. Dang it, Tom! He's, he's the inept mage of the group. Ah, oh, Tom. So Tommy was, boy! <laughs> I, I was at work the other night, and I was like, if he had to, what would... What would Bob stand for? And out of the blue, in the back of my mind, I go, Bartholomew R. Oliver Barabbas. Okay. A.K.A. Bob. Bob. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love this. I'm going to encourage this. Yeah. What? Bob and Tom being a thing on the ship. Oh, they are. Okay, yeah, they are. They're Not the backup a- crew in the... Uh, one of you is not available. Right. Sorry okay. for going here and off on our own adventures, but yeah, so we gotta take we had to take care of some stuff. Eight hour rest. Absolutely. Yeah, thousand percent. Okay. So just before you guys go off on your your thing, um, lockdown comes back flying around. and goes, "Is everybody okay? We're surviving." Yeah. I did not know that that was going to happen. Yeah, I tried to stop you. It was too late. It's okay. Well, I mean, what was the alternative? Let it just keep flying around and terrorizing everything? You could have I mean, hit the anchor and sent it the other way. Yeah. yeah I had no control over how it was going to fly. I know, man. There it's were, okay. Celine it's okay. explains, like, the three, you know, comments that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. He's like, she's like, ultimately, you had these three options Bro, I was trying to after the fact. Really I tried bad. to yell at you, but you were just too far out of earshot. Yeah, he's throwing his hands up like, "What do you?" Oh no, no, no! She's just like, I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, you did what you were supposed to do. It just just happened to be belaboring the point. The this just happened to be the repercussions. Lock, it's okay, buddy. (sighs) We can fix the ship. Nobody died. Did you die? You didn't die. Nobody died. It's fine. Tom should have died. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, um, I do. That now I remember what it was. I do need Mercer to give me a quick perception check. Uh-oh. Pizza slice. Ooh, an 11. An 11? Okay, so as he's heading downstairs for a split second on the back half of the ship up where the helm is at, he could have sworn for a split second he saw someone in black robes as he's getting ready to go downstairs. And then when he does a double take to look again, nobody's there. Got it. Oh, man, is our boat haunted? What'd you do? No, I think it's that... Did you break a mirror? I think it's that mysterious man since he was close to death, mm. is my guess. Okay. Something like that? The one, the, the rogue individual that uh, Zabak has met and talked with? That's who I'm oh. assuming it is. Oh, on the astral plane? No, when she when died, died and came back as a oh, reborn. Right, 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 that thing, yeah. <sighs> oh, Zabak, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are doing the long rest. Is there anything else you're doing before you decide to press forward? Uh, I don't think so. All right. So. As you guys finish a long rest, 
And I'll make your way back up and meet on the main deck. Alright, so as you guys are coming back up to the main deck, you hear one of the crewmates go, Unknown object, port bow! Oh no. Port bow? Oh yeah, let's go. Wait a second, hold on. You guys go and look, and it's like it's stuck, but there's a small, somewhat interesting, unique chest that has, uh, looks like it had rolled and been tumbling, get caught, and sort of got caught on the side of the fin, and is halfway submerged in the water. Keeps rocking back and forth I'll up, go get it. out of the water, and roll back down. Mm -hmm. Rolls back up out of the water, rolls back down. Esther hops, hops down and gets her wings out and over to the chest to get it. Get okay. it! Okay, so I'm gonna pick up the chest once it rolls back up. Alright, so Let's it rolls quick. back up, you grab it, yep. and you take it back over to the ship. Yeah! Right. Guys, I got it! It's a mimic. Ah, oh, crap. I'm joking. I don't I've know. doomed us all. <laughs> no, but I did have. Ship until we I did have a mimic. lot of fun with mimics the minute Mercer decided to walk into a room and put a hat on his head, only to find out that the hat was a mimic. <laughs> was a mimic. <laughs> Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! Yep. <laughs> no meaning to the words "brain dead." <laughs> no, that's a whole different creature altogether. Okay, look, I know that's a mind flare. It's okay. No, it's not a mind flare. Well, okay, kind of. It's this tiny little thing that literally looks like a brain but with four limbs and it crawls around. Oh, I hate it. And it tries to crawl into a, per a person's head. To be, to have a host? Either to take on the body as a host mm. or to eat the body from the inside out. Gross. Um, so inside the chest, first thing you notice is that it does have a lock on it, but the lock is twisted and somewhat snapped. So it's just a quick matter of grabbing it, pulling it off, and it breaks the lock cool. off. Cool. I do that. Um, inside. I didn't say I opened it yet. Oh. Hey, man. Detect magic on this. Detect magic on it. You are picking up on some sort of magic, but you can't tell what. Ooh. I'm going to inspect it for a trap. I fling it open. No, I'm okay. kidding. I let him inspect so, it first. Investigation. Uh, that's going to be a uh, 15. 15? You get to look in, and what you find is the chest at one time probably was trapped, but has long since been triggered and is no longer trapped. You're going to open it. Cool! I fling the... the... He steps back. <laughs> hey! I fling it open. You're totally good! Backing up, backing up. Just going to stand behind this okay, big go rock. Ahead. Go ahead no, and open it. Don't be suspicious that I'm taking shelter. Go ahead and open it. <laughs> <laughs> so Esther opens it. So you pop it open. The first thing you see is a series of small gems. Uh, oh, eight cool. little gems to be exact. Um, Are you writing this down or am I? You. Okay. You're our cleric. Or our, our um, not that's not the word, our secretary. That's, um, yep. You do all the cler clerical work for us. Um, of all the gems that you find, they equal out to be about 250 gold pieces worth. Nice. 
And then, this is the fun part, I get to, that That was the first thing you found. And then there was like a, a sheet of fabric that was wrapped around some other stuff, and mm -hmm. that was where you were picking up on the magic. Mm. Just exactly what I was looking for. Okay. As you uncover the fabric, you find two, no, excuse me. You find three potions, two of which look exactly the same. Uh-oh. Here, hey, Zoom back. Oh, no, I'm not falling for that again. Okay. Check the rest of the box. Mm -hmm. And in the very bottom of the box, you find uh, four arrows for, like, a short bow or a long bow that seem to have slight markings about them and that's the other magical thing that you realize you've been looking at okay um i'm gonna need a bit of time to understand all this it's all right man <clears throat> If you want to help speed it up, you can help study them to understand Absolutely. Them. What was that first magical item again? Uh, they were potions. Oh, okay. And then four arrows. So, mm. I mean, I can do the potions if you want to do the arrows, sure. or I can do the arrows. Yeah, I'll work on the arrows. Okay. Esther walks off with the, arrow, the arrows. Hmm. I can figure this out. So, I'm going to study the... Um, four potions altogether. The one from earlier this this afternoon. This I know it's a superior. You know, out of game. I know it's a superior. Oh, healing potion. potion. Yeah. But I technically still need to okay. identify that one. That, that's where you make note that that potion and the two potions that look similar look similar to each other as well. Okay. They're different sizes, but they look similar to each other as well. So, that's a, uh, that's going to be a 22 for the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27 for the next potion. Okay. Um, 18 for the third potion. Okay, so the third potion is a darker blackish-like liquid with streaks of orange swirling around in it. Mm -hmm. That one you recognize to be a uh, potion of fire breath. Ooh. Okay, and then a another 18 on the scroll. The really large scroll? Yeah. <laughs> you ready for this? Mm -hmm. It is a scroll of incendiary cloud. Nice. <laughs> That can be used by a sorcerer or a wizard. Oh, I'm looking at our Fister spell list. I didn't see it listed for an It's not. Wizard. Okay. 
Well, here. okay, so I can tell you right now, the scroll I know for a fact is not going to be usable by an artificer because it's too high a level of spell. That's why I was asking you what's the highest level spells an artificer can get. Yeah, no, I'm just pulling it up. Ooh, boy. That's an 8th level spell. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they split up the way that they word how scrolls work in this game sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, anybody can use a scroll. In another section, you can't. Hmm. That's just weird. I've always read it in order to cast to use a scroll, it has to be a spell from your spell list. Yeah. And no. then if it's higher up than what you're able to cast, then you have to make the saving throw for it. Yeah, there's it's that's where they they have it in two separate sections that one is anybody can use, right? No matter who you are, and then they have one you know they have another little scribbling off somewhere else that says what you what you read. Uh-huh. I don't like when they do that. Now, if it was something like it was just scrolls that were cantrips, and they were only cast at the cantrip level, like they weren't, you weren't casting it like you would be a ninth level character. But at the same time, I mean, in theory, that's the whole point of a scroll. It's to allow someone who cannot use magic to be able to use magic. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Um, so, you need to write down a write down on your sheet that you now have a scroll of incendiary cloud and it's an 8th level spell you are going to want to look up that spell studies the arrows. Mm-hmm. What do I discover about the arrows? Um, the arrows are plus one ammunition arrows. Ooh. So there's nothing super special, it's just when you shoot them, you get to shoot them at a plus one. And they do one, de- one extra point of damage. Okay. So... What type of... Uh... What type of arrow are they? Uh, just a standard arrow, like for a long bow or a short bow. How uh, many were there? Four? I mean, it, they typically would work Four. for one or the other. That's what I was asking. I would say a long bow. Do I have a long bow? I do! Long so, bow of thunder! So, congratulations. You get those four arrows. Nice. Used, other than me catapulting them, yeah, they they're not worth them. anything. Well... Sucks to be there. <sighs> so write them down. They're I yours can. now. Yeah, I got them. Okay. Mercer walks over and gives Esther mm-hmm. a superior healing potion. Nice. Thank you. Gives Zabak a superior healing potion. Oh, no, 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 no. I said they look similar too. They're not the exact same thing. Okay. Well, the other two it. are uh, greater healing potions. Okay, sorry. 
So okay. it's not superior. You need to write uh, the greater. Uh, to uh, Zabak and uh, Esther. And then the one superior potion he gives to Selene. Greater healing does 4d4 plus 4 um, healing. Dang, okay. Heck yeah. Maybe now I won't die as much. That's why, why Mercer gave them to you. Heck yeah. So unless there's something else specific you guys are going to do, no, that's that's um, about it takes about four hours. Okay, uh, Zabak is starting to uh, notice that Beryl is getting very antsy and wants to go to the Behemoth. You want to go to the Behemoth? Well, it it's a matter of realization that the Behemoth is an astral creature. Beryl is an astral creature. So, it's like, like it's not like just trying to take off and go, mm -hmm. but you're getting that direct sense that it's trying to pull you along. Guys, Battle wants to go. You need to go. Uh, Mercenaries, give me another perception check. That is a natural 20, so 21. <laughs> so just as he gets ready yeah. to dismount the ship, he's like getting ready to get down. He goes, all right, we'll be... What the? Sees that black cloak figure again. Who are you? What are you and doing? He disappears again. Right. Detect magic. Um, you're sensing magic coming from the behemoth and the stuff you have on you, but you're not picking up on anything else. Like the magic you would expect to pick up on, you're picking up on. Yeah. You're not picking up on anything unusual. Sorry, buddy. Do I? Okay, because I've seen him once before. Yeah, you came dangerously close to death and found yourself in a different reality yeah. for for a short period of time. Is that <laughs> that? Like, uh, well, I mean, you're only catching brief glimpses of it for a second, but he kind of has the same appearance. Uh, I swear it's my life to be stalked by ghosts. Yeah, probably. <sighs> well, you already turned somebody into a ghost to stalk you, so... <laughs> well, you know, I had, I had Magnus with me for a while, and then... That was by choice. Correct, correct. But now I got freaking Captain Catapult, and now this freaking bugger. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I need to go to a clergy and be exercised. Something. Um. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't know why he's following me. 
Does does it feel like he's following me? Following you? No, but you do get the sense that something about you or something you either did or are going to do or something is what's drawing him to you. Okay. Um Fascinating. So we are going into a city of far elves. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, just to clarify, the head of the behemoth is at the point of the promontory. So you know that however you navigate through the city, you're heading towards the front of the behemoth. And there's no way at all to avoid the city. And then basically circle back at the last second. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't take a genius to know that if you even tried, the event horizon would rip you to pieces oh just trying God. to get through to the astral plane without going through the promontory. I don't want to go through the city. I don't like Marlins. <laughs> They're mean. Yeah, they kind of are. But Barrel for a moment flies away from Zabak, flies about ten feet towards the city, turns around. We're working on it. Um, and I need something. <laughs> What are you hoping to find? Oh, I was looking at the spell list to see if I if I had anything like alter self only lasts for an hour, which isn't gonna do me a lot a whole lot of good. I was looking to see if there was something else I could do, but disguise self again is only an hour, so. So heading into the city then? Mm-hmm. Yep. Alright. Trying to stay on the outskirts is very much as possible. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so as you guys make your way in. Uh, tightly packed buildings, two or three stories high, make up the city on the behemoth's back. Their stark white walls are molded from living stone harvested from the astral behemoth. Numerous metal lanterns hang from every even window, burning with a soft silvery radiance that illuminates the tightly winding avenues. The streets and buildings are flooded by a few inches of seawater. Oh. The reflection doubling the number of twinkling lights before you. So at this point, this is where you've come to realize that this behemoth is not necessarily a living creature, but instead a was once a creature that was turned to petrified stone Aww. by some means. The distinctions um, kind of vary as you go through the streets, 
majority of the area is still dark because everything around you is dark from the connection to the astral plane at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's hanging lanterns everywhere that are picking up and setting off light. Like I said before, doubling that light because it's reflecting off the water. Um, when I say it floods the streets, I don't mean you're walking in like knee-deep water, but anywhere from an inch to maybe two inches. So your feet are going to be getting wet at any given Great. time. Great, just what we need, trench foot. Um, majority of the buildings range anywhere from 20 to 40 feet tall. Um, the other thing that uh, you guys notice, you didn't notice this before because you were too far away, from the uh, at the edge of the behemoth, mm -hmm. there's a number of different ley lines that run oh. through the city. Fun. It's a safe bet to assume that these ley lines were magical inlays that were set up so that whoever was flying the behemoth could control the behemoth. You feel a slight hint of empowerment as you get near the ley lines, but something also feels slightly off about it. Not like drastically end of your life off. So, but so like the ends of the ley lines go all the way to the outskirts of the city? Oh yeah, they surge all through every... Okay. It's not like they're running like grid-like, but you see a series of ley lines that sort of like lines out almost a, su a structure that goes through the whole behemoth itself. Okay. Um, from nearby, you suddenly hear voices... Before you can react, a group of iron chain far elves appear from around the corner. For a moment, they look as shocked as you do until one thrusts out a finger and shouts, There it is! The Living Star! Run! Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us on Facebook at The LARP Channel. Until next time, stay safe and have fun.